It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, yesterday we kind of talked about this new season of Daily Thunder we're moving into for the summer. So it's not that we're losing this style. We're, we'll kind of have it scattered throughout a little bit. But over the next couple of weeks, I guess for the first seven weeks of the summer, starting July or sorry, June 14th, uh, we're going to be in a brand new series. Yesterday, you kind of gave a teaser of your oh, series, yeah, which was stuff. good. Do you yeah. want to give us your little title, your working the, the title? Spiritual Lessons from Alfred the Great. And it is, it's going to be powerful. If you, if anyone heard my spiritual lessons from World War II, my 93 episodes of that last year, <laughs> this one's going to be a lot more short and condensed. But it's it sort of has that same vein, that same idea of taking history, but then teaching pithy, deep truths in and through it, because it's a time in history which parallels identically what we're going through right now. Yeah, I'm very excited to listen to that. So that'll be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to be walking through a series going through the Christian mindset. And so last fall, I began a study in Philippians chapter four and basically got halfway through it. Uh, and then we went into this model. And so we're basically going to be looking at Philippians 4, 8 for the seven weeks and just walking through, okay, what is the Christian mindset and what are all these whatevers mm-hmm. that we're supposed to think? So basically, what is the boundary of the Christian mind mm-hmm. and what are we to set our mind upon, uh, especially in the days in which we live? So That's we're great. just really excited about this upcoming season and uh, for people just to be expectant and ready for what is for what is yeah, coming. Well, you and I are excited. And that's that's a key thing. You know, one of the reasons why, who is that guy, the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin? Uh-huh. One of the reasons why he was such an effective communicator, because he was talking about things that we're like, I don't really care about that. <laughs> but he was so enthusiastic and excited about it. All the rest of us are like, I want to know what he's going to say. That's, that's the way this is going to be for us. This is like hitting us right squarely in our passion points. I mean, we get so excited about this. So it's going to be fun having students and being able to go through these series. Yeah, we definitely don't have crocodiles or snakes, though. Praise the Lord. No, this is even better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, we've been walking through your message, The Blanket Carriers, and, and walking through how do we how do we address the weaknesses in ourselves and the people around us. In this particular episode, we're talking about the welcoming church. In other words, there's a lot of weakness in the church, and there's a lot of potential weakness in the church how do we carry a blanket yeah. into the modern church? This, so, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, oh yeah, this is a, a very challenging issue for yeah. for us. Just even the the two of us, it's because we see such compromise entering into the church, and how do we respond to it? Because there's part of us that wants to bring out the very strong rebuke, which could be exactly what's needed. Jesus brought out the very strong rebuke at times, and there's it's just knowing. What are we supposed to do? And so we were we were mentioning just some of the the different issues. That even the term welcoming church is a is a statement of a certain style of church mentality, which is welcoming the LGBTQ plus community in. And plus, saying, plus a lot of other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, plus a lot of other things. Once you start opening the door and saying, "Look, we don't hold to the standard of Scripture. You know, we just we want to emphasize the fact that you're valuable, and there's there's no problem here. We're, we don't see sin." And you know, part of that sounds very noble. The problem is it's a it's a compromise of the kingdom of heaven and how God works because God loves us too much to leave us in a condition of compromise. Amen. And so when we directly stand against his 
clear word on things and snub our nose at it, it's dangerous. And it's not just in the arenas of sexuality. It's in any arena of life. And so when we begin to take that attitude as a church, we begin to lose the integrity, the purity, the holiness, the manner in which the church is always won over the world. And it's not through our compromise. It's through our clarity and through our purity and through our witness of being transformed supernaturally. And so when you're in a church, these are many of them genuine believers uh, in the body of Christ that are trying to do their best to serve Jesus, but they're allowing in compromise as part of their witness and they're justifying it and they don't see it. Okay, now what's our role in this? How do we respond to that? Because oftentimes as we speak, they're like, well, yeah, they're just one of those conservatives and they just believe it. so we end up with no advantage no gain of anything so it's like well maybe we should just forget them they forget us and we'll just move on how do we love one another in the body of christ what does this look like to be a blanket carrier in this situation that's that's the concept so we have issues not just on the big level like lgbtq plus we have issues like blm uh, and how are we supposed to deal with the Black Lives Matter movement? Because there's a strong disagreement in the church in regards to that. Uh, the critical race theory, you know, to me, I'm just like, you've got to be kidding. Are we actually buying into this? There's other people that are like major leaders in Christianity that have adopted it and, you know, are, are biggest are some of the biggest proponents of it. It's like, how am I supposed to deal with that guy over there that is that is doing this? And when it comes to issues of the vaccine, I mean, I, I gave a message a few weeks ago called the vaccine dilemma, and it's it's a, it's a huge issue because it literally there's some people that feel that how can you be a Christian if you get the vaccine, and then you have others how could you be a Christian if you don't get the vaccine? I mean, it is a very sharp divide, and both sides have their reasoning points and they're in their camp. And uh, you know, even how COVID was handled in different churches. I mean, you could divide the body of Christ. In fact, the body of Christ was divided over mask wearing. And if you should wear a mask or you shouldn't, if you should enforce mask wearing, all these things became hot issues that divided us. And that's what I would say is that's the devil's game. Now, there's certain things that I just mentioned that are ridiculous and we shouldn't divide over. And there's other things I mentioned that we must divide over. In other words, we can't just forsake the word of God on these points. That's why it's so challenging to know how to navigate through this, which is why we're bringing it up. <laughs> All right. So what are the principles? How do we reason through these things? What are the global ideas that we need to remember? So let's break those into two different groups then, because mm -hmm. I think it's really important to recognize that we do need to handle these slightly differently, right? There are, there are some things that we, as the body of Christ are dealing with that are not sin issues. In other words, scripture does not give clarity in terms of masks. Mm -hmm. uh, scripture doesn't give clarity in terms of whether you're six feet apart, mm -hmm. right? So there's those kind of issues. And then there's certain things that the modern church is allowing in where it's it's just, it's overlooking any kind of sin. Mm -hmm. And it's and overlooking it, the clear word of God on the matter. Correct. Yes. And so it's like, whether it's adultery whether it's uh, the pornography stuff, whether it's, I guess, it's, whether it's sexuality issues at all, but whether it's just lifestyle, uh, just uh, blatant uh, disregard for truth, right? It's just like, I can do whatever I want, however I want, and, and God's still going to love me. That's a whole nother camp. So maybe could we just deal with them really, maybe even quickly separately? How do you deal with the disagreement? How do we deal with the weakness of the church in terms of carrying blankets uh, on their behalf, 
when it's not a sin issue, when it's yeah. not a scripturally uh, based issue. It's you know, we can have strong opinions. I mean, we get you, you unpack the vaccine issue, and you have uh, a very sharp divide on that that could easily divide us as the church. And I made an appeal in and through the the message I gave the vaccine dilemma. This ought not to be the sort of issue that divides us. And there are certain reasoning points that both sides could have. And for instance, someone called to be a missionary in India. I don't know if India is demanding a vaccination or not, but a lot of countries and the missionary uh, situation is potentially dependent upon it. Someone feels led by God to do it and even has a peace to get the vaccine. They're not afraid of the vaccine. They're not afraid of any repercussions because they're in obedience to God, right? Just like you can drink poison in Mark 16 and it's not going to harm you. So even if it was a poison, if you will, they have peace and they do it. But what's their motive? Their motive is love. Their motive is obedience. It's not fear. So some people think it must be fear if someone's getting the vaccine, but it may not be. And that's the point. Whereas someone else here in their conscience does not feel like they can submit to the vaccine and they feel like they are not supposed to take this temple of God and submit to it. I would say both could be walking in obedience to the spirit of God, but they may be in disagreement on if they should get it or not, right? And that's where there's a need to have a deference and a grace when we look at one another on these these issues that are maybe not sin-based. If someone is getting the vaccine because of fear or they're not getting it because of fear, now you're dealing with an issue that actually is clear in scripture, fear. You're not supposed to fear. (laughs) So ironically, the issue has to be separated out from the sin uh, aspects and fear is the sin issue. So it's ironic. Both sides are getting it right now because of fear. Some are, are, are not getting it because of fear. Some people are paranoid about getting a vaccine because of what it could do to their body and how it could kill them and various things. When in actuality, that's still just as dangerous as the person who's getting the vaccine because of fear. <gasps> if I don't get the vaccine, I could die of this you know thing known as COVID-19. And so I must get the vaccine. Oh, I can't wait till I get the vaccine. It The fear is the problem, not the vaccine. Now, I'm not a, a fan of the vaccine, right? I don't like mandated vaccines, but I do not want to split with the body over such an issue as that. And the same would be true with masks. Some people feel that, If they don't wear a mask, they're messing with their witness of Christ because some people are so concerned and fearful that they can't talk with you unless you have a mask on, right? Now, that could be fading right now, praise God. Uh, At least in Colorado, it's like masks are sort of disappearing. It's like, this is very refreshing. But if we were in the height of it, it's a very interesting dilemma. I I was dealing with it too. It's like, I want to show regard and respect and honor to those around me. But I don't like masks, right? But I would still wear one where I was asked to wear one. But there are some people that in their soul have a conscionable issue. They don't feel that they can submit to a mask because it's a fraud. It's not even based on truth. And so in good conscience, they cannot put on a mask. And so in both situations, you could actually be be obedient to God, at least to the degree that you know to be obedient. And as a result, we need a certain deference one to another. We cannot be played by the devil to split the body of Christ over these issues. And that's a blanket carrying issue. It's a grace. It's an honor issue. Amen. Well, how do you do with the other side then? Because there are certain things in scripture that are very clear, right? There, there are certain behaviors or certain attitudes or certain um, just lifestyles that scripture just says, nope, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if someone comes into the church and they're living in uh, fornication or they're committing adultery 
uh, or it's the LGBTQ plus stuff, right? Those actually need to be addressed because as a loving brother or sister in Christ, we need to be able to speak truth. Absolutely. But it's the manner in which we do that. Yeah. Could you maybe even walk us through a principle or a thought mm-hmm. in terms of how do you blanket carry when it's an actual sin issue? Yeah. We, we did talk about this briefly yesterday, but I think it's important for people to realize that it's not an overlooking sin yes. for the sake of, you know, oh, well, we'll just be loving yes. and being grace filled and uh, we'll just, we'll just cover with a blanket and we'll just mm-hmm. not talk about it. Yes. That's actually sometimes not the, that's actually not the appropriate response either mm-hmm. because some, some things demand that we, yeah. we communicate uh, as a, as a discipler, especially of students mm-hmm. or as a pastor, right? That's actually part of your job, yeah. which is to confront and and you would be disobedient and right. wrong if you didn't if you didn't just as wrong as they are and maybe sinning as they are it's still he who knows what he ought to do and doesn't do it sins so you're exactly right and it's a tender issue it yeah. really is but there's two things that are important to recognize uh one is we are supposed to love the truth and so you take that that Bible, you have one sitting on your lap and it's open uh, and it's looking really good uh, right there. I mean, that's some great stuff right there. That's the word of God and it's truth and we should love the word of God. And as a result, if all you have is a love of the word of God, then it can actually get sort of dangerous at times because it can get really hot and spicy because there's statements in there. And if you don't have the complimentary love, that's what I'm going to say. You're supposed to love the truth, but you're also supposed to love one another. And so as a result, you have another believer over here. And if all you do is love the truth, you have a tendency to lack the nature of Christ in how you relate that truth to them because you don't really care about them. You're just upset that they're toting around some sin. And as a result, you have an attitude or a nature that is very opposite, ironically, what is stated in that book we were supposed to have. So that's the ironic thing is if you only love the truth and you don't have the nature of the truth, the behavior of the truth in how you relate that truth to those that are also believers, even to those that are unbelievers, you actually are doing a disservice to yourself and to the one you're talking to and to the the witness of Christ in this world. My sister once said, she said, Eric, you could speak the truth, but if you don't speak the truth the way Jesus would speak it, you're actually harming. And I remember pondering that. It's like, that is such a weird statement, but it's You see, truth is a person. It is not separated from Jesus. It is Jesus. So as a result, if you really love the truth, you love Jesus. And you also are loving the way he administers truth. And there is times where he is going to speak to the Pharisees and he's going to be rather salty. Okay, I'm going to have to acknowledge that. Yes. But there's also times where he's going to shock everyone with how he administers the truth. And of course, the woman caught in adultery is one of those shocking moments where the truth is very clear. This woman should be stoned. And yet he is going to override that with his love and mercy to show that mercy does triumph over judgment and that his ultimate gain, his ultimate design is that all would be saved. And there's something in us that needs to be corrected by the Holy Spirit. So the two loves, the love of the truth and the love of one another. So if I'm going to administer truth to you, and I, I, we, we had the same struggle. It's like we become symbols of something in the thing, but say you're one of my students 
And I, I, I recognize that you are walking in a certain deception or you're walking in sin of some kind that because I love you, I need to address that. Right. It's not easy. It's really hard being the parent or being the, the leader in a situation like that because it's a lot easier just to let, let Nathan just do his thing as opposed to intervening. But love intervenes, just like Jesus, just like the Holy Spirit intervenes in our life. He doesn't just leave us to rot. He actually enters in to see us redeemed, to see us saved. And so if I see that, what I need to do is not just love the truth so much that I, hey, I have to speak something to you, buddy. And I'm really upset that you had the gall to bring this type of behavior to the Ellerslie campus, right? Instead of saying, I love you so much, and I have to, gen- it has to be genuine, and you'll know if it's genuine, and there's certain giveaways if it's genuine. If I truly love Nathan, then I will speak because I love Nathan, but the way I speak is just as important because you need to know my love. When God speaks to us, we know his love. He loves us so much that he is going to convict us of our sin and he's going to gently correct us. There's an attitude, there's an atmosphere behind God's nature when he administers the truth to those that are are in sin. And it is beautiful. It truly is a remarkable thing. Could you close us maybe with just sort of highlighting that out of the book of James, how we can discern between uh, that which is coming it could be good, but it's coming from the wrong source. In other words, it's coming from the flesh as opposed to coming from the spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> so in James chapter three, James is contrasting the wisdom that comes from beneath and the wisdom that comes from above. It's interesting that they're both wisdom, but it's the manner in which it's given, right? In other words, it could even be the right doctrine, but it's a behavioral heresy yeah. in the giving of that doctrine or in that mm-hmm. truth. So in James three, uh, verse 15, James says the wisdom that descends not from above. So this is the wisdom from beneath uh, is earth, earthly, unspiritual, and devilish for where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and, uh, and every evil work. But then listen to verse 17. He concludes this whole thing by saying, but the wisdom that is from above. So here's the character of that wisdom. It is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. It's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality and it is without hypocrisy. In other words, it is marked with that love, that genuine love for the person. And I think just even just to wrap this session up, it is so important to realize that when we see weakness in other people, whether it's ourselves, whether it's the people around us, whether it's in the body of Christ, truth, it's not, it's not an absence of truth as we've been talking about, but it is, it is remembering that that truth must be given in love. And so we need to first be praying, uh, but keep our eyes on Jesus but then also recognize that if we are, if, if we're being led by the Holy Spirit to speak that truth, it has to be done in a proper fashion. It has to be done as, as Jesus, as Jesus would give it. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.